Think of Methodists in the Yorkshire Dales, and, well, if you think of anything at all, you might think of sermons, chapel teas, or lusty singing. A member up at Gale, George Calvert, once wrote in dialect verse that were sang, We a gusto it made your throats thrive. Well, I've come down Wensleydale to meet one of the few remaining Methodist local preachers in the Dales. In front of us sweeps a grand village green. Behind there's railings, steps and double doors. Please, could you introduce yourself? I'm Roland Dent. I'm 73 and semi-retired farmer. Well, that's what I think. And uh, I'm a local preacher. Where are we now? Where have we come to? West Burton Chapel. Uh, we have come here as long as I can tell, all my life. But uh, it was the one said they always came willingly. But Father used to say, "Get ready." He didn't say, "Are you going?" We had to go, and what to do was we were told. So, what made you keep coming back? I think it was fellowship that was here for a while. And then it was a uh, uh, Christian experience that brought me back properly. Those are the days when chapel was packed with people, and people sung with tremendous power and tremendous conviction. And today, what role does the chapel play in the village? It plays a reasonable role, but not a role it used to. Village is made up more of retired people who have moved in. Some of them have pay, some of them attend the chapel, and play a tremendous part in the chapel. But others have come to retire here to sort of isolate themselves from anything else. There's just not that uh, enthusiasm in the village life for Christianity, and life's just changed all around. Now. Please hold on there, because as you know, I'm going to ask you to preach a two-minute sermon. But first, let's hear a few other voices from the Dales chapels. Now, I'd say the best interview anyone has ever given me in 17 years of carrying microphones about was that given by the late Richard Dinsdale, you knew him well, in his living room with clocks chiming in 2016. He was a builder and a Sunday school teacher from Gale, a village just south of Hawes in Upper Wensleydale. Let's start now with how he answered an altar call during a service led by evangelists visiting Gale Chapel in the 1940s. There was three of us lads and there was a couple, little couple, Miss Milroy and Miss Jack, came for a mission to Gale. Nothing about them, nothing to look at, but could they lay it on the line? And we were in galleries, lads, you know, hiding. How old? What would it be, 14? I'd been a bad lad up to then. Our Tom said by he could swear. And he said uh, he was converted all at once. And we came, two of us came down, me and Calvert. Norman wouldn't come. And so he never did come. And that was the start of my conversion. I've been in the church ever since. Richard was well known throughout the Dales as a person of great faith. The Bible verses describing how Jesus walked on water to save his disciples were particularly dear to him. So when a Methodist minister came along and suggested that perhaps, in reality, Jesus only walked around the shore of Lake Galilee, Richard was moved to make a riposte. The minister was here 
we had a Bible study and he said he walked round the lake. He kept saying about this round the lake and he was at Gale on Sunday afternoon. I said, I'm very sorry, but I'm having a word with you. He said, no, I know where you're coming from. I said, my Jesus can walk on the water and I wouldn't be coming here. Oh, no, 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 Richard, I'm not having that. I said, well, I'm telling you, I wouldn't come here if he couldn't do that. And I know he can. Doesn't say my Bible, he walked round the lake. You know, and so you go by what you, don't you? Your faith sells you. Once Methodism took root in Dale's families, it was often taken on generation after generation. Richard's father had been a local preacher, but rather than following his father's footsteps, he became a Sunday school teacher instead. Well, my father had a business, a building business. And how he did his preaching, nobody knows, because, I mean, he would have to do a lot of studying. He only had three headings on his hand, and that was it. Not quarter of an hour, man, like. Not, he didn't go on, you know. And he was revered all over. People loved him, especially them ladies at West Sweden. Thought he was marvellous. But you weren't called to preach and you were called no, to be... No, They wanted me in and I said, no, I love children and I'm going to do that job. And I had a wonderful time. I wouldn't have swapped it for the world. Mind you, every Sunday, no, you know, someone gets Sundays off preaching, not me, I, every Sunday. And you have to have someone new. I mean, I took them 16-year-olds on... In van, hunted fell. They used to enjoy that. Grand morning, healthy. And uh, we got, we'd, Linda went one way one day and I went another. I got Linda to go out. She didn't like it. And we came to this hillside and there'd been a lot of damage done. And we all sat down and I said, now then, I said, there's a four inch pipe there, only four inch. Look at all that damage. It's washed all that hillside out. And there was a better sermon there than if I'd stopped at Sunday school. Spell it out for me. What was the sermon? The, you see, little sins. You don't need big ones. Everybody thinks, oh, well, I've killed a fella. That's not necessary. It's these little things, nastiness, isn't it? Being unkind, you know. Didn't need me talking much. They, they got it. And at 50, 60 scholars, yes, there was an anniversary. Well, it was chaos. I didn't need a speaker. Somebody said to me, where's the, where's the speaker? I said, if you haven't gotten out of them children, you never will. You know, some of them, they were good. I mean, Steve Peacock, I could give him a recitation with six verses at started Sunday school. He said it before he went out. And the last last I had, I had 14, 14-year-olds. 14 they could any of them take prayer. They used to fight to had to take it. Oh, they prayed for Manchester United, but I didn't mind. We used to go around houses, you know, twice a year, people's houses, and singing them and recite, and oh, they loved it, the kids, and the, and the grown-ups. One of the memorable phrases from that interview was when Richard said he liked a bit of fun, and that God doesn't like Dali Christians, you know. Methodists might have a public image of being Dali, it's a dialect word for doer or miserable. But in fact, they're like gathering together. Here's my grandmother, Joan Fawcett, from Hawes, who started chapel going soon after she could toddle. I can't just remember how old I was when I first went to Sunday school, 
but it it would be before I went to primary school. So it would probably be when I was about four years old. And was that every week then? And when did it take place? Um, Yes, it was every week, uh, Sunday afternoons at two o'clock. And you must have liked it enough to stay on to become a teacher. How did that come about? I think it was probably because we were young and uh, they wanted us to continue having an interest in the younger pupils and also staying in the chapel and being members of the chapel. Obviously, there was other things beside the chapel services and the Sunday school. Uh, They started a guild on a Friday evening. People would be invited to talk on different aspects of life and I was involved more with the uh, musical side and we used to get uh, groups from other chapels that used to come and sing. We used to have games and it was just enjoyable to um, for the younger people. But the older ones did join in as well. We used to have quizzes which some of the older members used to organise. And to be quite truthful, they were just happy evenings. (laughs) Not so far from here in West Burton, just a mile or so away in Aysgarth, Jean Cockburn told a similar story, although in a different way. She too speaks of starting young and becoming a Sunday school teacher, but then we went on to talk about life and death. Well, I've just been going to chapel since I was, well, four or five, I would think, even before. Um, the Dad played the organ and we all went. Sunday school, one o'clock, chapel, two o'clock, chapel, 6.30. You just felt at ease in the chapel. You wouldn't have thought about missing a Sunday. You sometimes feel the need of God in your life. And uh, then I was made a member. I started taking Sunday school. I don't know what age I was, but I did 50 years of Sunday school. (laughs) What sort of things did you do during the Sunday school? Well, sing, sing hymns and say prayers and the Sankeys. (laughs) I go back to the Sankeys, you see. Can you give us a can you give us a verse? Ring the bells of heaven, there is joy today, for the wanderer now is reconciled. See the master wait him on the way, welcoming his dear and wandering child. Glory, glory, how the angels sing. Glory, glory, how the roses ring. Ring the bells of heaven. Oh, yeah. What's a good sermon to you? Short one. <laughs> now that is the truth, because I could have told an awful lot of preachers off for long sermons, because I can't see any point in them. Now, just one more question, which is quite a personal question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. 
When you die, what's going to happen? Well, I believe I'll be going to heaven, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to heaven, and I'm hoping I see everybody there. I don't think, oh, gosh, I wonder when I die what's going to happen. You know, I don't think that. I just think, well, I'm going to heaven. They might turn me away at the gates, but <laughs> I don't think they will. <laughs> the lovely Jean Cockburn. Now, Roland Dent, back to you. It's time to preach. So please, could you give us your verse and your two-minute sermon for this day, 4th of March, 2021? The verse is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. And it said, The preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are saved, it is a gift of God. The preaching of the cross is about Jesus Christ's death on the cross of Calvary. When Christ was crucified on Calvary, two sinners were crucified with him, two criminals. They were just ordinary men, but they represented the world of today. One man was on Jesus, one side of Jesus, and he didn't have any regard for God at all. He turned to Christ, looked at Christ on the cross and thought it was the foolishness of God. And he said, if you're the son of God, get yourself down and get us down with you. And the other one, the other side of Jesus, knew he was a criminal, knew of his sinfulness, but was also aware of God. He knew that God cared for him. And he looked at Christ and he saw in Christ the pain and the, and the compassion in his Christ's face and it convicted him of his sin and where he was going to spend eternity. And he looked to Christ and he said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Christ said, Today you shall be with me in paradise. That man was saved just by those few words. Both men went to the cross, destined for hell. But when they died, one went to hell and one went to heaven. The question today is, where are you going to spend eternity? Because your decision today, whether you accept Jesus Christ or reject him, will determine whether you go to heaven or you go to hell. The Bible says, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Thank you, Roland. My mum says you're the only one left who preaches like the preachers used to preach in her childhood. So there you've given us a blast from the past as well as a message for today. The next episode will be Voices from the Dales, Bard, John Thwaite. Thank you for listening.